Alrighty, you are listening to the Luke Page Podcast, episode number 46. Make sure you uh, click subscribe so you can stay up to date because I release a new episode every couple of weeks. You can also find me over on Instagram at Luke underscore Page. So um, this week, this weekend, uh, Saturday, let me get the actual specific date. Where is it? Where did I put it? It's somewhere here. Hold up, hold up. Here we go. Saturday, the August the 21st. So it's actually this Saturday. I'm recording this um, on Monday, the 16th of August. So Saturday, August the 21st at 4.30 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Eastern Daylight Time over that crosses through somewhere in the United States, the east coast of the United States, I assume. So Saturday, August 21st, 4.30 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Eastern Daylight Time. Gee, I should be. <laughs> <laughs> this stuff, this one, um, this ain't smooth. But anyway, I'm running a workshop, a 3-hour workshop called Own Your Niche. Now, this helps coaches get super clear on their niche and identify exactly who you help, how you help them, and what your first program is going to be. So if you are at all confused about your niche right now, um, and this could be a number of things. Maybe you're just starting out and you haven't really done much work around niche, or maybe that you've already done some training around niche, maybe you've done a course and they've taught you how to find your niche, but you're still a little bit confused, then um, you really want to be coming along to this workshop. You know, see, um, everything in your business really doesn't, will not start working until you're 100% solid on your niche. Because if you're confused, then your audience will be confused. Because generally, if you're confused about who exactly you're helping and how you're helping, everything like that, then you'll put your message that you're putting out to your audience will be slightly confusing. And then, um, yeah, your audience are going to get confused and they won't hang around. You'll lose them. So definitely, if you're confused about your niche, make sure you get down to this workshop this Saturday. Um, and the link to that is in the show notes of this. So make sure you click on that. You can register. And at the moment, if you register by Friday, you can get 66% off the normal ticketed prices. It's crazy. Um, yeah, so jump on that. So today's episode, I was interviewed on a, um, a podcast, To The Moon Podcast by Alex Morris a few weeks ago. So um, this is a recording of that episode and I talk about how to, the main thing, I talk about some random stuff, but the main message is um, talking about how to get the attention of your audience. Enjoy. Welcome to the Luke Page Podcast. I am here to inspire people to live a life that they love. It's why I do what I do. Join me on the pursuit of my life's vision and my own business success through meeting amazing business owners, entrepreneurs, and forward-thinking people that are here to make impact and change the world. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Coaches to the Moon podcast. We're talking about the business of coaching. And today, I'm very, very happy to be with the devastatingly handsome Luke Page coming at you all the way from Melbourne. He is the founder of The Leading Coach. He is helping coaches to make their first six figures online. And we're very old friends from a few years back. Yes, mate. Worked together at a Winnie International, him as the coach, me as the grasshopper. Luke, thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Mazza, mate. Thanks for having me on. Good to see you again. I haven't uh, spoken to you in years, so it's uh, always good to see and love your Hawaiian surf, mate. Your, your flamingos on there. Thank you, homie. It's trying to bring some sunshine back to the life we live right now. And um, yeah, man, I haven't heard Mozza since I was about year six. 
no one's called me that in a long time. So it's a very lovely. There you go, mate. Well, if uh, you live in, I live, I'm from the West in Victoria. So it's almost like I never call anyone by their normal name. They always get a nickname. So it's usually like whatever their name is, put a Y on the end or just add a couple of Z's in there, man. So that's, that's how it works. No that's worries. What it is. Pagester. <laughs> Pagester, yeah. You could, uh, it could work. Luke Meister. Call Luke me Meister. I'll, I'll take Pagester. <laughs> Pagester. Let's do it. The page boy. Um, I brought Luke on here today because Luke uh, is doing very well with his program, The Leading Coach, which is helping coaches to make that first 100K online, uh, that first sort of elusive six-figure mark. Um, and so you're helping kind of the more beginner coaches. I remember you saying recently, if you're making kind of around that kind of two, three grand mark in coaching, you can't quite flip over to it being your full-time role. That's where you step in, right? Yeah, generally, mate, I've got, um, I get the leading coach is like my main core program, which is helping more early stage coaches. Yeah. So I say, if you're making between zero and two and a half K uh, a month, like that's what the leading coach is for. Yeah. So whether you haven't got any clients or maybe you're getting a couple of clients, mm -hmm. but it's like the consistency, you don't have a system that works, which gets your clients every time. Um, that's what the leading coach is for. I also do like um, some one-on-one -on -one with, more like developed coaches yeah so maybe they're closer to six figures and i'll tend to do more of an emphasis on sales training sales and performance based training there um awesome. so that's probably the two main markets but what i'm what i'm ultimately focusing on mozza is yeah building up the leading coach because i, I, I want to build it up to the point where it's such an awesome program that it is it helps coaches at the very beginning all the way to coaches already making multiple six figures. I really want to over time, you know, pack it full of so much value and, and, and help a quite a large scope of coaches. So that's the, that's the vision for it. Well, I have no doubt you'll get there because there's a lot of coaches these days and a lot of them are not managing to flip over to that full-time income yet. And that's why this podcast is here as well. Yeah. Because we want to give the tangible business advice to coaches um, because, and for a question to kind of, uh, kick this off for that one about tangible advice for coaches when they start off um, for a bit of a deep dive. I know that for you, some, some family trauma back when you were a teenager, that kind of put you on that path of finding that better version of yourself. And so you started getting uh, focusing on growth when you were 16, you were reading heaps of books, going to heaps of seminars. Um, Luke even quit school to go and work at Subway. Far out, man. Uh, like, what, but, how do you know this information? You're Luke <laughs> you know Page. You're Luke Page. We have to know. Jeez. Uh, Good stuff, man. I'm impressed. People don't know that he actually got rejected from a job at Macca's. If you're looking for a good coach, <laughs> don't go. tell him that story. But um, yeah, you you were really going hard to try and afford those seminar tickets and you know work on that personal development side because you thought that was where you needed to go to make money and grow your business. So. Now that you're further in, do you think that that constant focus on personal development is as important as you get further in business or is it just more important at the beginning? Um, well, personal development is, I guess, I mean, what does personal development mean? Ultimately, it's like, okay, looking at ourselves and how do we become our best? I think for most people, we've, got, we've experienced trauma in our life. Um, and I think the first thing, 
one of the first things you really need to do is heal and get over your shit because we've got all this stuff that, um, you know, has really holding us back. Um, bad experiences, uh, limiting beliefs, all this stuff that really stops us from becoming that person who we want to be. Yeah. So I think one of the most important things is you really go on a journey to heal. Um, for most people, it takes years. Yeah. And it probably took me ultimately. I mean, if I started, you know, I, I started getting into personal development when I was like 16, it probably took me until about 30, 31 or so Moza to really figure out my shit. So that's like 15 years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the awareness of the trauma and the healing that I need to overcome that didn't come until my late twenties. Yeah. Right. So I think maybe about 28 or so I actually realized, Oh shit, Luke, it's not just about, you know, reading a book and investing into property and then you get rich um, or getting into shares. Like if you've got all this shit behind you, you you're going to self-sabotage and fuck yourself. Do we swear here? Absolutely. Cool, Absolutely. man. You're going to fuck yourself up. <laughs> um, so I think uh, the actual, once I became aware of, hey, man, I got shit to get over. It probably took me about three years of solid, like, okay, going from program to program, speaking to awesome people, being around great people, yeah, being in the right environment compared to what I was in, like having, like hanging around the wrong people type thing. So yeah, it probably took about three years, man, to really get past my demons. Um, of course, man, I've still got. Do you think they need to uh, focus on that healing side of things first? Or do you think that sometimes gets people into such a stage of I'm not healed yet that they never actually do anything? Yeah, man, my, my advice, I always say to new coaches, yeah, is you got to play a long-term game. And this is the bit, one of the biggest uh, gifts that I got from winning international. Um, a lot of my style and how I coach is basically what I saw at winning. Um, so anyone that doesn't know what winning international, basically, um, I work for a company that helped coaches um, build an online business of six and seven figures. Um, the program, I, I thought it was a great program. We, like we got clients, amazing results, super quick but it was a tiny minority majority of the majority of the people couldn't handle the intensity of what was required and the action was required to actually get the results. So um, from that, I was like, okay, when I started my own business, I'm like, well, I don't want to create a program where only a tiny percent of people get results mm. and the majority of them go out there and quit and give up. Yeah. Because they're so scarred. And I think what was, probably more focused on in that last program was okay take massive action super quick and get results fast so i've flipped and i've basically gone play a long-term game because you can't fucking lose you play a long-term game you will never ever lose as long as you stay in the game and keep on looking at okay what's been this last 90 days what went amazingly well yeah what didn't work well what can i improve so when i head into my next 90 days i'm at the next level you do that over and over and you just stay in the, the game long-term, you're eventually going to grow, yeah? And when I yeah. say long-term, two basically things, yeah? Number one is financially. You've got to last financially long-term, right? You've got to be, and that whether that means you've got the money or you have the mindset that no matter what happens, I will find and, and get the money, right? That's the first thing you need to have. The second thing is the mental, emotional um, going the long term yeah you've got to handle the ups and downs of shit that you've just 
your face. Um, like for example, yesterday I had a, I had a roller coaster day in the morning. I had my, um, on Sunday night, I had, um, I put a, put together a plan. I'm hiring, I'm looking at hiring someone in Melbourne. Um, like actually I want someone next to me. Um, that's going to help out as opposed to hiring overseas. I thought, you know, what, I'm going to probably invest into paying more, but I just want someone next to me. Cause I feel that it's going to, I like the, I've, I've, I like the human contact thing. Yeah. Um, so Sunday I put together a plan. Okay. What's this person going to be doing? Um, what's their role? What do they look like? What's the type of traits that I'm looking for? What I'm going to pay him all that shit. Right. Yeah. So then I went to bed Sunday morning and I'm Sunday night. I'm like pumped. I'm like, here we go. I'm going to start talking about this and just, you know, put it out to the universe and attract this person into my life. So then Monday morning, I um, had a meeting with one of my VAs and she basically was acting weird. And then she goes, I have to resign. And I'm like, Oh, what? And that just, it threw a spanner in the works. Yeah. So I've gone from here to down here and going, shit, this is going to really just delay things. Yeah. I'm like, it's going to, it's going to really slow things down. Um, I ended up thinking about things and um, I ended up making her an offer and she ended up staying on, which is great. So my day went from that down to that back up to there. So that's what you get. Yeah. yeah. You know what it's like, Moz. And it's just like, you've got to be cool with that ride. Um, and it, the thing is, is that every time that, I mean, we see generally most people avoid mistakes and failure, right? But, um, you know, our greatest learnings are from mistakes and failure. Um, and if I look at, if I look at yesterday's situation with the VA, you know, it was, a, it was, I was needing to learn some, learn something out of that. Yep. Um, and basically what I was kind of needing to learn was number one was that um, I wasn't being transparent enough and communicating well enough with my VA. And that's one thing that I spoke to her about when she first started, I'm like, Hey, one thing I'm huge on is communication and transparency, massive. And it's not like boss employee. It's like, we're on an evil living playing field. I want you to tell me if I'm not being an amazing leader. I want that relationship with my staff. Right. And I've, the last few months I've been lazy, man. I'd been kind of thinking things about her, maybe a performance had dipped and I hadn't actually said anything to her. Right. Yeah. So it got to the point because of the lack of communication transparency, she's gone, okay, I can't tell him this. I can't tell him this. I can't tell him this. Hey, I need to resign, right? Luckily in this point here, I saved it, right? But that was, that was lucky. I was lucky. Um, so yeah, man, like God, there you go. That's, that's my, you that's lost the said, question, half didn't an you? hour, mate, half an hour. This is, you're going to get one question out of me. It's fine, man. It's fine. It's fine. They're, they're all, they're all value. I, I've seen you on podcasts before. And multiple times you'll you'll finish this big valuable rat and say, "What was the question?" <laughs> that, wait, wait, that was exactly that was a that was a point right there, right? I don't even know what I'm talking about. So yeah, that's that's me. That's me to what's well. We were talking about kind of the um, the focus on personal development as you go through coaching, and is it as important later on in business as it is at the beginning? And what you're saying is right. It's it evolves with the rest of your business, you know your personal development level isn't just how many books you're reading and how many seminars you're doing and how many hours a day you're meditating and hopping in ice baths and stuff. It's also how you deal with failures, how you deal with stress. Like me, to be honest, my morning routine is wake up when I'm woken up by the twins, get up, uh, 
feed them, change like four nappies, you know, drink some coffee and wait till my wife wakes up like an hour and a half later. There's no personal development in my mornings. And then I get to work and then I finish work and do that again. So I don't do any of that quote PD stuff anymore. <laughs> yeah. I don't meditate. I take cold showers because I like them, but I don't read books. You know, I just kind of work and family. Uh, mm. But as I've evolved in business, things like what you just said about yesterday, if I had a client, you know, send me a text two years ago, three years ago in my coaching business saying, oh, Alex, I, I've got to pull out of the program. It's like that gut punch. Like, oh, fuck, what am I going to do now? That person's like 20% of my income. Yeah. And now people text me. They're like, oh, I don't want to continue next month. It's like, you're lost, bro. I'll, I'll continue. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, it's like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's, you deal with failures. You deal with having no cash flow that week because you know you, you invested it or because you know it will come back next week. That's what I think personal development becomes. Mm. And, and that mindset, so my, mindset's obviously like a huge part of what you teach as a coach to coaches, um, mm. helping people hit their first six figures, right? I remember you saying that uh, a lot of people, like you mentioned at, at winning, don't make the money, not because they don't have the skills or the experience, yeah. because they don't think they're ready. They don't believe it. Mm. And like, if you think you'll only make 200 grand in your business, you'll only make 200 grand. But if you say, I'm going to go out there and make a million and you believe it, then that million comes possible. 100%. So what do you think it is, is the difference between a coach who says they're going to be a millionaire mm. and one who actually believes it? Yeah, man. I mean, it's all about being the person that you want to be in the future, ultimately. Yeah. Because it's yep. like, I think what happens a lot of the time we go, oh, well, say you're starting as a coach and you've made zero bucks, right? Yeah. And then I go, oh, my goal is to make $250,000 in the next 12 months. Um, what generally people do is that they say, well, when I have the success, I'll start doing the work, right? And then I'll be the person that I want to be. I want to be confident. Yeah, I want to have the charisma. I want to have the belief in myself. Yeah, I want to be able to just jump on live video and talk for 10, 20 minutes, whatever that type of thing, right? But it's almost like they're waiting for the results and the success and the money to come before they start doing what they need to do so they can become the person. It's backwards, Rand. You've got to be that person now, yeah? So you've got to be actually, how the hell does, if your goal's 250K or whatever it is, right? Well, how the hell does a $250,000 business owner actually think? Yep. How do they show up? And how do they just be? You've got to actually know this. You've got to actually feel it. It's got to be legit. So I, first step, I'd personally go out there and find a business owner that's making 250K and research that like just survey them ask them all these questions so talk to me man and just like look at what they're doing and like you can ask them actual direct questions but also kind of read between the lines and actually watch their behavior as well yeah that's what we have to do first and it's a tough thing why is it a tough thing because it's fucking scary man because it's like you know we're here and we've got all these like you know imposter syndrome never ends yeah yeah never ends yeah. man like it's like you go from you're like oh well Shoot, man, how, who am I to be a coach? But like, as soon as like you get a few clients, then you're like, oh, well, I've got a few clients, but mate, you're, you're, you're now at the imposter syndrome on the next level. And then you get to the next level and you want to get here and you're like, oh, who am I to be this person? So it's they're never ending, right? It's never ending. Um, what was your question again? The difference between a coach who uh, says they'll be a millionaire and one who believes it. 
So yes. you kind of, you that is it. it. Yeah. That is it, man. Just being that person, like fully embodying that, that type of coach now, which means that you're going to have to take action that you've never, ever taken action before. And it's almost like you're, it's almost like called playing, like playing to win versus playing not to lose. Yeah. Yes. Um, it's like, Offense you know, if your defense. goal is to be making 250K in 12 months time, we'll start acting like that. What generally happens is it's like, oh, well, my goal is to make 250 in the next 12 months, but I won't invest into hiring people because the money's not there yet. But hang on a second. If your money's coming in in 12 months, 250, go out there and fucking get a loan because you're yeah. going to pay it back, aren't you? If you don't have the money right there, go out there and get a loan. So that's the big one, man. It's being the, being the person that you want to be in five years' time right now. Very easy to say, very hard to execute. And that's is, why yeah. a small percentage of people go win, right? Or they win Absolutely. slower than they thought they would, which is fine. Because for me, I, I was one of the people at um, winning who didn't plow forwards immediately and make you know six figures in my coaching business. But I dare say five years down the line, I'm one of the only people who was there out of, you know, who is still doing multi six figures at home, still going, yeah. hanging out with my family, haven't yeah. quit and found a better offer. I was grinding on fuck all money for a few years there, but never quit. And I was gradually becoming the person. That's now awesome. I found yeah. it. Um, I'm there. So I was, I was fine with that slow win, but I wasn't at first. I was comparing, comparing, yeah. comparing. Yeah. Uh, and it still happens, man. It still happens. My mentor right now does like, one and a half million a month. And so I'm in a group with him and like four people and I'm the lowest earner in the group. Mm. And at first I was like, Oh, fuck these guys, man. Yeah. Like, why are they so good? Yeah. <laughs> now, now I'm like, Oh, it's so cool where I'm sitting in this group where a hundred grand a month is talked about as a completely possible thing, you know, mm. and I can yeah, see the yeah. path to get there. That's a really, really cool thing, man. I think, uh, getting to that next stage is um, uh, the people you hang around will also help you to believe that this thing is possible. Cause if you listen to your family, who's always made 70 grand a year and you say, I want to make 70 grand a month, then there's a disconnect and it's very, very tough to pop out of that bubble. Which yeah, uh, so Don't aim so high Moza. Come on. 70 grand a yeah. month. Like it's a little bit of a dream. Yeah. Now I don't talk about Play this much, right? I don't talk about this much because it's, you know, a real kind of um, story I tell myself that I'm going to get ostracized for it. But my thing, when I went to all those seminars and coaching things, they're like, what were your thoughts about money when you're a kid? What do you learn about money that is hard to make? And, you know, that you're, you, you've got to just get a job and work hard. My thoughts about money, my earliest kind of big moment that I remember was when my dad's 40th birthday he hired a plane and took all his mates to Prague for the day because oh, your dad, <laughs> my dad. And we had a, looking back, I didn't notice at the time we had an enormous house. We had like sports cars and like, we went to private schools and went skiing holidays every year. I didn't notice at the time, right. but I'm pretty sure I grew up really rich. Yep. And then as I grew into uh, a boyfriend to husband to dad, my whole mindset is, oh, look who I have to be to be worthy, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I just stopped myself every step of the way. As soon as I got good at something, like at school, I was really good at school. 
but then I just wouldn't, I'd would stop working. And then I was like a chef. I'd rise up in the kitchen, get offered like sous chef, head chef, fuck it, quit. And I kept doing that over and over again because I wasn't living up to this man I thought you had to be. So when I got rid of that, and that's what took me like 10 years to get rid of, was yeah, realizing yeah. that it wasn't that money's hard to get. It's that if I don't go and make heaps of money, I'm a piece of shit and I don't deserve to have my wife or the love of my family. You know? mm. So personal development, man, it continues and I'm, no one's healed, yeah. but I, it was very interesting. <laughs> well, there you go, man. It's just like, it just, you know, that basically kind of validates my point before where sometimes like we go on this journey and it takes a long time, like 15 years it took me of just to get the awareness. And it sounds like it took you 10 years or something like that to have the awareness of what the hell we're doing to ourselves. Yeah, man. We're, we're messing ourselves up daily, nightly, and ever so rightly. Yeah. But it's when you notice that you're messing yourself up, it's all good. Let's, flip, <laughs> yeah. let's flip the strips. Let's flip the strip to tangibility now, okay? Yeah. Let's flip it because we could go on this one for hours. And we've, we've all good. got stuff to do. We, we, need, to, we need to do a, a four-hour block out podcast with Luke. The, the long <laughs> yeah. sessions for the for the premium subscribers, but um, you obviously talk so much on podcasts because you're a good communicator, right? You love to communicate. You get invited on podcasts. That's why I invited you. Why do you believe? Because you put this on your Instagram recently that communication is the number one skill when it comes to business. Well, that's a good question, man. Um, why do I believe communication? Well, I think everything what we're doing ultimately is we're communicating. So whether you and I are speaking to each other right now, whether I'm doing a video, uh, whether you come on to a sales page of mine, whether you read a post of mine and read a caption, it's all communication. Simple as that. Now, if we've got a business, we need to communicate a message in the most simple and easy and effective way. Because if we've, we're a business, we've got a message to give out, what generally happens is people struggle. They've got in their mind, it's like, oh, well, I've got this product and I know how it works. I know how good it is. But then when they try and tell people about it, the words don't come out or maybe they use terminology that makes sense to them, but not to the, their audience. Mm. So everything we do, man, is communication. Yeah, everything. So everything that you're doing in your business right now is communication. So you have to become amazing at it. You really do. And that's in every format. I mean, if look, if you're using today, if you're using social media to grow your online business, it's using all those things that I said there. You're using audio, you're using video, and you're using written form, right? So if you suck at communicating, man, well, good luck getting your message across, clearly. The issue with is there's that we live in a world now where we're so distracted by our phones, the amount of people that are marketing to us, the amount of people that are screaming look at me. Yeah. Give me your attention. Everyone's doing it. So if you have a confusing message, message, meaning that you don't know how to communicate effectively, people aren't going to give you the time. Yeah. We look at our phones and we scroll through our newsfeed and mate, we're like some crazy robots these days. Yeah. We can process information in like half a second. We're like, Oh, that, that post sucks. Next post. Yep. Cool. Looking at the photo straight in the caption, read the caption, which, you know, it's like, 2000 characters you read it in two seconds you scan it next one next one next one it's nuts the, yeah. like the type of humans that we're becoming so yeah if you cannot communicate in a really effective way in a way that one hooks people in 
gives them a reason to actually pay attention to you over everyone else, engages people, and then gives them a clear path to follow, you're fucked. Simple as that. It's interesting that you said that uh, communication is every format. Because I think a lot of people would think communication, and I didn't even think about it until you mentioned, is how you talk to people face-to-face. It's eye contact, confident handshake, using their name, you know, that, that sort of thing. Real Dale Carnegie stuff. I know you're a Dale Carnegie fan. Mate, um, I, I, haven't, uh, I haven't shook someone's hand in, uh, in years. No. <laughs> I don't know what I like anymore. <laughs> I had that awkward hug this morning with an old friend who I saw in public. It's like, are we? Oh, yeah, are we yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I'm cool with it. She's like, I'm cool with it as well. Yeah. yeah there you go. <laughs> so that was good. But I think if I got an awkward to that hug rather than confident, then it wouldn't have happened. I'm glad <laughs> that it did. Um, don't tell the premier of New South Wales. But anyway, man. Um, it will keep on the line. It is, it is interesting that communication goes across all formats because I think mm. a lot of people wouldn't think of how they're writing their Facebook statuses or their Instagram posts as a form of communication. They'll say, oh, that's just posting on socials. But um, I've, I've noticed that your Instagram is like hectic. It's like really beautiful. It's like not just because of the content, which is like pictures of, of like your dog, Sunny, like little like retriever dog and um, palm trees in the ocean and, you know, your bloody amazing <laughs> haircut, you know, yeah, that kind of thing. Um, on there. But it's, it's the quality and the branding of your posts as a, as a whole, mm. right? And so in a world where a lot of coaches are, uh, mostly using social media. Uh, do you think that someone's feed needs to be as beautiful and quality and curated as yours to be an asset to their business or can they just kind of wing it? Um, that's also a good question, mate. It kind of depends. I think in general, in as a general rule, there's of course exceptions, but in general, we like beautiful things mm. and we like things that are easy on the eye. So an attractive feed, yeah, that's you, mate. That's you. We like, we, we like things that are attractive. Um, so like, you know, you, sometimes you go to a coach's page and you can just tell like they've got no branding um, from a graphic design point of view. They struggle. It's not their forte and you can tell they're doing it themselves. Yeah. Especially, and I'm talking Instagram here. Instagram is obviously a very visual platform, right? Um, that's kind of the brand of what it's all about. It's like you go to Instagram and you get beautiful shit. So yeah, if you've got like a page and it's just really not looking good, it's one thing you really want to work on. Um, there are exceptions and look, my, like my coach's page looks shit, but at the end of the day, he's okay with that because he's already at this level. I yeah. think that if you're starting out and no one knows who the fuck you are and maybe you're in a niche that isn't super niche, yeah, or niche, depending where you're, where you're from around the world. Um, no one's listening, man. Don't worry. No one's listening. Okay. There you are. Well, they, you, do you actually do this? Um, do you, you put this on Spotify? So there'll be listen then on the playback. Yeah. Yeah. It could be anywhere. It could be anywhere. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, what was I talking about? Niche. If you're not, you're about to kind of say, if you're a coach and you're not well known yet and your niche isn't so niche where you're like a micro influencer just by being in it you need to put a bit of effort into making your shit look good. Yes. Um, so I think like if, if you're in like a, a really tight niche where you're unique and there's not a lot of competition, you could possibly get away from it. 
But if you're in a niche, which most coaches are, where there's a fair bit of competition and you're just starting out, no one knows you. I think the first thing, someone's going to come to your page and have a visual look at it. And if it sucks, they're probably going to move on. So as a general, yeah. I don't think, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying you need to have a perfect feed and I'm against that. I, I, don't, I don't see my feed as perfect. So, you know, I don't like um, sit there and try and get certain posts on certain sides and stuff like that. Mm. There are some people that really take it to that level and it works for them. That's cool. But I think just a general, you know, visual attractiveness, having branding colors, knowing how, you know, photos work with graphics and using white areas to break things up. I think that's a, as a general rule, man, it, it's, it, it's important these days. Yeah. 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 I, th- I think you're absolutely right. It is important to break through the noise and show that you're putting some effort into your business, but by no means does an Instagram feed make you money. There's got to be, that's a, dis- that's 100%. an illusion as well for a lot of people. Uh, I did a podcast with Nick Arachi. Remember Nick? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, of course you do. Um, yeah. A few weeks ago, and he's got like 75,000 followers. And I asked him, how does it affect your business? He's like, to be honest, it doesn't. The only thing it is, is that when people come and buy and they see that I've got 75,000 followers, they trust me more. That was yeah. it. No one yeah. comes through Instagram. But yeah. as the whole ecosystem of social media and all the different ways you can get people from not knowing you to buying from you, having a beautiful feed, where they actually want to follow you or a, a helpful, you know, uh, Facebook page or a short, sharp instructional YouTube channel or a good podcast, you know, whatever yeah. your, your medium is, just put the effort into it. Right. Uh, yeah, man. Treat it yeah. Like anything else. Yeah, man. Like it's like, um, you know, I looking at your album cover that is to the moon. Yeah. To, to the, the moon, moon digital. Cover. Yeah. 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 Like it looks cool. Like the way you've done it. So if you had like a really, like, let's just say you uh, you did it yourself and you really sucked at graphic design and you put together some, I don't know, some word on, on Microsoft Word or you used Instagram stories just to put some crappy thing together. Yeah. Like, and then you show it up in your feed and you're like, oh, well, we're launching this new podcast. I've got this guest. Like people aren't going to give you like, be like, man, this dude ain't professional. Like, yeah. yeah. They're just going to compare you again. That's what we all do. We compare against other people. So they're going to go, I've just seen a podcast, which looks unbelievably amazing, which is launching. Um, Michelle Panning, have you seen hers? She just- No, um, I need to get her on. She, um, she, I saw her, a, uh, she's launching a podcast. And I looked at that and I'm like, this is sick. Like the way she's like talking about it and lo- she's launching it like she's launched it's people launch a program, right? Right. And I'm like, this is so cool. It's so different. Um, and I'm like, it makes me, even though I'm not interested in it, what she talks about, I'm like, almost makes me want to listen to this bloody thing. Yeah. So she's done it really well. So if you create that type of feeling around it, you're not going to get that feeling when it's a shitty looking thing. No, absolutely. Every, every element of your business reflects all the others really. Yeah. Um, And I have noticed this, that you generally seem to see, tend to see the better Instagrams from people coming up than from people who have made it. Cause at that point, 100%. They can post whatever they want. You look at oh. like movie stars, Instagram feeds. Like, oh, I'll follow Chris Pratt. This will be fun. And it's like a photo of like a barbecue and just like some shit photo of a coffee or a dog. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but then people with like 4,000 followers, they put so much effort into making their Instagrams perfect. 
But uh, yeah, at the beginning, we've got to put in the effort, right? We've got to make the noise these days. It's all communication and showing. Yeah. We're here to be dealt with. We, you know, we're here to make noise and take over. Giving your audience, <laughs> man, an, a reason to pay attention to you. You got to think about that. What's your fucking reason for them to stop and pay attention to you? If you can't answer that, then you know the reason why you're not getting engagement, you're not getting clients. You have to be able to answer that and go, this is me. This is why you should pay attention to me. That's a massive, massive, important phrase. It's a great soundbite to take away from the podcast. And I think it's also a really, really great place to start wrapping it up because, um, yeah, like you said, we could go on forever. And I want to keep these tangible for busy coaches out there who need to stop listening and get back to work. <laughs> uh, and man, that's been amazing. But um, do you want to tell us about what you're up to next and kind of how people can find you and, you know, follow what you do if they like it? Well, ultimately what I'm up to next, man, our vision is to create the greatest program for online coaches in the world. So, um, man, I'm all about just smashing that vision out. Um, I really want to build my team. Like one of the reasons why I've got into business, man, is because I want to create an awesome team. I think one of my, my strengths is communication and leadership ultimately. Mm. So I, I want to start building a team. Yeah. Cause it's one of the things that I feel will fill my cup being able to, you know, find a, an amazing group of people and we work together. Yeah. We feed off each other's energies, um, our brain power and like that. So, man, that's what I'm going to be chasing over like, on, constantly over the next couple of years. Um, where can you find me? Well, Instagram's probably my main thing. I'm not really like Facebook. It's not really my thing. Um, yep. Instagram's probably my main thing. So handle is at Luke underscore page, P-A-G-E. As in highly, the- Yeah, highly recommendable place to follow. And your podcast, you're up to about 50 episodes now. Really awesome place Close, to listen. Yeah. You have some great guests on there. You do some short, sharp ones by yourself. And it's a great place, man. One more question. Are you ever going to drink a better coffee than a wheat cap with one sugar? A wheat <laughs> steak. You, you, you're going to hate me even more now. <laughs> Do you know what I'm doing now? I'm doing wheat mockers. <laughs> love it. Love it. I think <laughs> so, my babies drink wheat mockers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, um, I, so it's like a week saying we go, this is how we say it. Uh, can we get a wheat mocker? Weak on the coffee, strong on the chocolate and hot. So it's like, pe- and then people are like, Oh, come on, man. But anyway, I, most of the time I send my wife in there to order for me. So she has to Sneaky. cop the strange looks. Well, we, we know better, man. I'm a, I'm a weak, wheat long black with a dash of cold water. And my wife is an almond piccolo, you know, so oh, there all- you go. So you're <laughs> on the wheat train as well. well I, I drink that, you know, American style coffee. Oh, you know, that's like the it's, worst. it's the best to me. It's my favorite. That's pots of no wheat way, black coffee. Uh, but that's where I started drinking coffee on my rich kid skiing holidays when I was younger yeah. <laughs> So um, in America, but, uh, man, coffee aside, I can't wait to have a coffee with you in like nine and a half years when we're allowed to go to Melbourne again. Uh, yeah, it's been an absolute exactly. blast. One day, mate. One day, one day we'll get there. Thank you so much for coming on, bro. Much love to Sonny and Courtney and, uh, thanks, yeah, just keep on plugging, bro. Anyone who's watching on Facebook, thanks for tuning in. And for everyone listening, uh, we'll see you next week with another amazing guest. Thanks for listening and much love. Peace out. Hey there, hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Make sure you click subscribe to stay up to date with podcasts that I release every couple of weeks. 
And if you've enjoyed the, the episode, please, I really, really appreciate it if you leave me a review. And you can also find me on Instagram at Luke underscore page. <laughs>